So this conversation has to do with the movie review that I did on Whiplash. Um, <clears throat> I started getting into some things there that I was like, oh, this would be a really good conversation. So that review went longer than I thought. It was about a half hour. And uh, it wasn't because I just went like and recapped the whole movie or anything, because if I do that, it's bound to take a half hour, if not more. <clears throat> but um, I started to boil it down to what is the essence of the movie, and I came up with a phrase of <laughs> um, aggressively attacking mediocrity, or not attacking, what was the phrase that I used? Um, uh, now I have to go and look it up, because I really want to know what I said. you think I would remember what I said just a few days ago, but you would be wrong. Um, aggressively challenging mediocrity. That's a much better phrase than attacking. We already have the word aggressive in there. We don't need it in there twice. Aggressively challenging mediocrity. So that's kind of what this is about. Um, if you watch that review, the whole thing, then some of this will be overlapped, but there's definitely be new stuff. And if you haven't seen that review, um, and if you haven't seen that movie, you should definitely watch the movie, whether or not you watch the review before or after or not. But um, one of the quotes from the movie, I'm just going to start off on it, and then I'm not going to really go back into hopefully a lot of overlap. Um, one of the, the quotes from the movie that I pulled, if maybe the only one, was there are no two words more harmful in the English language than good job. And that was really, really important to the movie as a whole and to what I want to talk about. Um, it's a balance and it's a fine line of when do you give somebody... Um, I can't think of the phrase right now. <laughs> uh, you know, um, affirmations. When do you give someone positive reinforcement? That's the thing. Uh, I find that, you know, if I want to talk about mediocrity, I mean doing the bare minimum. But everyone's minimum is different. And doing the bare minimum, just like this is what's expected, these are the, the basic rules, or these are the basic expectations, or this is what you need in order to sustain life, and that's the bare minimum. But I mean, people, you know, you can sustain life by being homeless, you can sustain life by not having a job, like those things are possible because you can live, but that's where everyone's lines are a little different. So, I'm discussing, you know, positive reinforcement. <sighs> in this aspect is difficult for me. I find it very hard to do. It's just not in, it's, I, it's just not natural. It's not natural for me just to be like, oh wow, like that was really great. Like, I think I need to be better at doing it. But I also understand why I don't do it and why it's not natural for me. I commend people on greatness. I have no problem doing that. That is natural to me. I have a hard time commending people on, well, good job. Um, on, I, I, and that's where that distinction is because I don't think that's how Fletcher in the movie is defining it like I, I think he thinks giving any type of positive reinforcement is horrible which we'll get into which I don't agree with but I do see a difference between good and great and the closer we get to great the more I feel comfortable being like wow like you are really impressing me right now and I have no problem and it's very natural for me I don't need to be told or reminded to tell you that you were doing amazing I really like what you did, you solved that problem, you pushed through, you asked questions when you didn't know the answer, you challenged yourself, you whatever, you're finding your way out of this, this mess. You know, those are great things. And 
the thing is that you want someone to get to great, and sometimes it's it's you need to give them positive reinforcement before they can get there. Depends on the person, depends on your relationship, but if we're talking about like a, a teacher-student type of relationship or a parent, well, that's the thing, the same thing, parent, child, or even with partners, sometimes you're in more of a teaching position and a, and a learning, or someone is maybe learning from you, or even as a partner, people sometimes expect positive reinforcement for doing basic tasks, and I'm just like, it's, it's just sometimes there's just nothing. I'm just like, oh, it's cool. Like, I'm glad you got that done. That's great. Like, it's not meant to be sassy, but I don't really have a lot of like, oh, wow, I'm really glad you got out of bed this morning and took a shower. Um, again, that might be really difficult for some people to do. So it's just really, those are the types of things where I'm like, that's kind of like a bare minimum requirement. And that's kind of what I function at. And it's no matter how bad I feel, that just tends to be a thing that I need to do. So I don't descend into too low. I've just never gotten to that point. We're all different people. People have different challenges and different things that are difficult for them. And so I understand why sometimes something like that might need some positive reinforcement because that's been something that's challenging for them. But all that aside, the thing is that this is horrible for me to compare. If if I'm empathizing with Fletcher, if you've known me long enough, you can see like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But there's a balance. I'm not on his level. I never want to be on his level. He's much too extreme. And that's... If this is the middle and Fletcher's over here, I'm probably over here, which is still not where a lot of people are here. Um, but that's, that's, I don't know, there's some things, like I said, I want to get better at giving positive reinforcement, but there's some cases where I do think it's damaging because some people will take praise for doing the bare minimum and they won't feel a need to push further. So when he says, you know, the worst two words in the English language are good job, I feel that, I get that. I understand that we shouldn't be praising everything that somebody does and, you know, enabling them to stay where they are. There is a balance. Needing to say, hey, I'm glad that got done. Maybe we could try this next time. Or, like, there's a way to challenge somebody. And, and again, knowing the person that you are challenging and knowing how to do that in a way that they'll respond to it is part of being... It's part of that relationship, whether it's a teacher-student relationship or a partner relationship or a familial one or whatever, that you need to know the person that you were trying to challenge. Um, and when I'm going to try to challenge, I just mean like sometimes just living with somebody and or just being a friend to somebody or whatever is, it's just natural for you to challenge each other. That's just the nature of having relationships that are healthy, I believe, is that you push each other to grow. Um, so it's not always like you're setting out to teach someone this lesson, this life lesson they need. It's not like that. Um, but just like good relationships challenge each other to, to grow and get better separately and together as a, as a unit, whatever that is. Um, so yeah, positive reinforcement is something that I definitely struggle with. It's just not supernatural for me just to be like handing it out left and right and just being like, wow, you did so great today and like good job and like whatever. Like again, great is different than good and um, I want people to reach excellence and I want to push people to do that, myself included. And I struggle with that. Absolutely I do Um, in a lot of areas. And maybe that's why it's on my mind so much more because I am actively trying to work on that aspect of myself constantly. So I see that in other people immediately. It's one of the first things I see. Do you have drive? Like I care about that a lot because I struggle with it. And I feel like if I have someone in my life that's close to me and I spend a lot of time with them, um, you know, that's a choice. 
me spending time with someone. I want to choose to spend time with people who are actively trying to grow and become better people because that will push me to also be better because it's a struggle enough for me to do. And if someone is there that is really lazy or doesn't care or doesn't have a passion for life um, or, or wants to, to continue to learn and grow and they're just happy being stale, I don't want to spend time with that person. It's going to drag me down because I'm choosing to spend time with someone who's not pushing me and every time I'm in the moment with them, I am also stale. It's not to be, like, I'm not saying that there's not a time and a place to relax. That's part of, of health. That's part of re, re-energizing yourself. That, that, you know, knowing when to take breaks and do what you need to do so that you can get back to work um, more invigorated or whatever. That makes perfect sense. It's not about just like work, 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 work all the time. Trust me, I do, I'm not like that. Um, but yeah, no, no two words worse in the English language than good job. Um, <clears throat> I think that in the context of the movie, again, he was incredibly extreme, but I empathize with his purpose and function in a bit, a bit. I think that he reaches way too far over into narcissism and ego and whatever. And he is very much of like, if you aren't pushed, you'll never rise to the occasion, which makes complete sense because it's true. If you don't, if you, if you even just quit all the time, if you have too much of a safety net, if whatever, you don't have an opportunity. You're not giving yourself an opportunity or, you, pe- or people aren't giving you an opportunity to grow as a person and, and rise to these challenges, right? So he goes out of his way to challenge people more than he needs to. And I think part of it is just him being a bully and picking on people. Absolutely. And I don't dig that at all. I don't condone that. But challenging people is what his role is supposed to be. It's not there to babysit and tell everyone they're doing great when they're not. Um, I think that honesty is a huge part of, of what's needed. And that constructive criticism is something that a lot of people have a challenge with part of it because they're they're not they're not faced with it early on or from their parents or or teachers or whatever settings they're in growing up and then when someone starts to do that they're just like what do you like they get defensive and obviously there's methods that that make more sense you have to choose your words wisely and have a nice volume and tone be able to know the person you're speaking to so that you can appropriately give them constructive criticism but that's the thing, it's just in my nature automatically to just be like, if something was wrong, why would I not say something? That's really difficult for me to do. If someone did something that's just like, oh, well, like, actually, this is the thing that should have happened. Or this is what we agreed on, and it doesn't really matter, it's not a big deal, but I'm just letting you know because that's not what was supposed to happen. But then maybe they have an opportunity to correct that for next time and things can go a little smoother, even if I'm flexible on it. And that's the thing where it's really difficult for me where people are like, oh, you just don't let anything go. I'm like, it's fine. Like, some things are just fine, but I'm still going to say it because they could be more fine in the future if we acknowledge that this thing could have been or could be fixed or that it was supposed to be different or whatever else. Um, and that's really difficult for people. And I know that is part of what makes me someone who is difficult to be with <laughs> um, in, in a you know, really close, close relationship that it's really difficult for me to just not point those things out. But part of it is because, part of it, it's not altruism. I believe, I don't believe in altruism. So 
part of it is selfish on my part. Like this person is affecting my life. I spend so much time with them. Whatever the situation is that if I can let them know, hey, maybe next time we could try this or like maybe you should, you know, get ready sooner or you miscalculated or whatever because they're also making me late or they're um, whatever the interactions or whatever the activity we're going to do could have gone smoother if we had planned things a little better or, you know. So there's definitely a certain selfishness in that because I want my time to be a better time. But also part of it is just like, hey, like, I'm giving this person some, some unsolicited advice most times on how the situation could have been different. And if they took it and they wanted to work on that, that would be great. Obviously, there's sometimes where people, there's certain things you can't work on, there's certain things you can't do, there's certain things that people don't care enough to do, and all of that is a conversation that you need to have, and communication, and then maybe you stop pointing things out because you know that that person doesn't want to change those things. Off the rails. So, um, in the movie, like I was talking about, this is a teacher-student relationship, uh, and this guy just speaking about off the rails. I mean, he goes so extreme and so off the rails. Like I talked about narcissism and controlling and ego and bullying, and that's way too far. But like him wanting to push someone to be great, but there's something about being great in a technical ability and not being a great person and well-rounded because, spoiler alert, but there's a moment where it's alluded that because of his methods, he drove a student to suicide to poor mental health where they cracked under pressure or whatever the situation was and committed suicide. And like, obviously that's not teaching someone to be great at life or to succeed in life or helping someone because you really care about them. I think a lot of his stuff was driven by ego as well. It's like, I want to say that I taught this student and this student is the next so-and-so and they are one of the greats and, and they can come back and say, Fletcher was my teacher. Like, I think that's a lot of what it is. He genuinely has a passion for music, and I think that he wants there to be amazing musicians, and he pushes people to be amazing musicians, but obviously goes about it in the wrong way and doesn't care about them being great people, being well-rounded people, being able to cope with everything. It's just about that one singular focus, and that's the problem. That's a huge problem. Um, and I mean, that... that is making me realize, you know, like, I, I feel better about, about my balance and what I want to achieve in my personal life, which is just, that's it, balance, but also with people that I, I am around and that I talk to and whatever. And the thing is that if I'm, there, there's two, if I'm trying to correct someone with constructive criticism or whatever, and I'm close enough to them that I care about them, it becomes a twofold thing. One, Whatever they're doing is probably going to affect me either now or down the line, and this thing could just get better. And two, I care about that person. I want them to be the best of them as possible. If it's someone that I don't care about at all, it's probably purely selfish where I'm like, I just need to correct this behavior because I don't want to deal with it. Like, this is something that doesn't need to happen, and I can fix it, or I can tell them something, and, and therefore it could maybe cease to be a problem. And then there's, like, this other scenario where it's, like, as a teacher-student relationship that, like, I believe that, that my job, what I want to accomplish, one of my goals in that position is to challenge students to get the best out of themselves. Um, I mean, if we're talking about art specifically, part of what I do is teach critical thinking skills through the medium of art. That's the thing that I love to do, is to challenge people into being 
more confident in their own abilities, figuring out what their abilities are, problem-solving skills, um, again, critical thinking that is needed for every area of their life. And you can do that through almost any subject area. Humanities are a little easier. And with art, it's just like, I don't know, I love it. So, um, and there's a genuine care that comes along with that um, in that role, I think is really needed. But I'm definitely not what a lot of people are used to. And I'm definitely not, not aggressive like Fletcher is in Whiplash. But I don't do a lot of babying and babysitting. I don't want to enable someone in the wrong way. I think that, you know, that, that people need to learn sometimes the hard way. And there are people that, that people get my attention in different ways, right? Um, and sometimes a lack of attention is going to be good for somebody because they're going to have to figure something else out on, on their own. Like, it just has to happen. Sometimes, like, I can't help you with that. Like, especially when it comes to art, I'm like, there's some things I can help you with and some things I just can't. Like, you need to figure it out. And I can tell you how you can spend some time to figure that out. But at the end of the day, I can't just give you a shortcut. Like, sometimes it's just not the way it is. So I also like that, that I can't just give someone the formula and give them the answer. It's just like, I'm giving you an opportunity for you to figure something out. And I can help you and guide you along the way. But again, that, that looks different for every student. Like, sometimes guiding somebody along the way is stepping back and giving them questions for them to, to think on. And sometimes it's way more hands-on and you need to go a little more step-by-step. Step. Anyway... Coming back to positive reinforcement, um, I do believe that it is way more unnecessary than people think it is necessary. <laughs> um, I think that it would be better if we had a lot less of it. I think that it's needed in some cases. We talk about scaffolding and steps and stuff in, in you know teacher jargon. Uh, Definitely, but I mean, there's so much of the time where it's like, you're doing the bare minimum, and I don't need to be proud of that. Like, it's, it, it's, or you shouldn't be proud of that. You should just be, I mean, you can be happy, and you can have a positive experience by doing these things, and be like, yeah, I'm just doing what I need to do. Like, that's just life. And then there are times where you exceed, and you really excel, and those are times you should be proud of. I get into hot water with this, because I know that there is, like... I find, I don't know if it's my age, if it's, whatever, the growing that I'm doing, I recognize that there is more compassion in me than there used to be. And so that I know that for some people, getting out of bed and getting into the shower is hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. Um, so I'm wrestling with these things because there's a part of me that's been a certain way for a very, very, very long time, which is aggressively challenging mediocrity and then there's this other part of me that wants to be very compassionate and it's really hard for me to find this middle ground of how can I be compassionate because to me part of compassion is not enabling someone to stay where they are part of caring is that I am helping someone somehow to get to a better place the place they want to be not the place I want them to be but if I can help them get to their best self then that's what I want. I want them to be at their best self for their benefit, for my benefit. Uh, if I'm, if, you know, if I care about this person, we're going to continue interacting. So, this middle ground here, like, this is where it gets hazy for me because aggressively challenging mediocrity is exactly where I've been for a very, very long time. Having this compassion to recognize some people just are not capable of doing more than whatever sometimes. 
and you need sometimes to give them positive reinforcement and sincerity and genuine like words of affirmation for doing sometimes just the bare minimum but how do you take that and add the encouragement positive constructive criticism challenge and push to come over here softly to do better and some of that is just time and space and doing nothing and I have a really hard time with that admittedly doing nothing and letting someone get there on their own is really difficult for me unless I can see the change happening and it's really hard for, it's really difficult for me just to be hands off and just be like hey just yeah you're doing great that's awesome and that's it because usually I can see all these different steps that would probably help somebody with, with overanalyzing things that it's, it's, it's got great qualities and other times it's like I see all these things and I feel like if I could just tell them, oh, like this thing will probably help, maybe they've already thought of it, maybe not at all. And if I can give them something they haven't thought of before, it might expedite the process. It also might cause tension between us. So that... That's a really difficult, murky place to navigate. So I don't want to aggressively challenge mediocrity. And that's why I chose that phrase. I get excited by it because I get excited by greatness. And part of it is because I don't feel like I'm there and I want to be there. And it helps inspire me and challenge me and push me to maybe change some things in my life so that because I aspire to be great. Which is a weird thing to say. It's a weird admission. I don't know why to say that out loud. But I want to challenge mediocrity for sure. I don't know what word to put in front of that anymore. Softly challenge mediocrity? That doesn't work. I, I want to appropriately challenge mediocrity, but that phrase isn't a strong phrase. So I don't want to aggressively challenge mediocrity. But I do want to continue to challenge mediocrity... Because I, as much as I have difficulty with humans and how fallible we, that's not true. I recognize that we're all fallible. I don't have a problem with being fallible. I have a problem with people who decide to, to and choose to not learn and grow and do the thing that's easy, which is be stale. That's what I have a problem with. Part of it is because I have some of that in myself. Um, but the thing is, part, part of my difficulty with that is that I believe that humans, other than people who are severely cognitively impaired and just don't have the mental faculties to do certain things, I believe in the human spirit enough that those things can happen. So when I see them repeatedly not happening and people not having self-control and not growing or choosing to be lazy or whatever... Those things are almost offensive to, to me as a person. <laughs> so it's, it's a difficult thing. And, and like, again, it's not... That's the thing. If I was so egotistical that I was like, oh, that makes me feel better because they're horrible, I wouldn't care and it wouldn't be as like offensive to my being because I would just be like, that makes me feel good because they suck and I'm better than that. And that's not what it is. It's the fact that I, I want there to be goodness and greatness from people that are capable of it and you only get a little small glimpse into someone's life usually and 
you know, you can catch them on an off day, on an off week or month or year, and that isn't reflective of their complete capabilities as a human being. And part of that judgmental, like, part of me, like, that's, that is also receding further into the background throughout the past couple of years, which is a really good thing. It's still automatic and just, like, innate in me to just analyze a situation and or a person and start making conclusions and thinking about things or making assumptions and, and creating a narrative in my head where I don't have the ability to ask questions or get a get the information, that's still there. But I can choose to ignore a lot of that and recognize that it's not helpful to either party. Anyway, I just want to leave you with a thought of, of thinking about positive um, reinforcement and how that honestly is sometimes damaging people and enabling them and being just too... There's another phrase I wanted to use that makes sense and I can't think of it. But I, I think that we, if, if you are aspiring to challenge someone because you care about them to greatness, I don't think that positive reinforcement is the thing you need to be focusing on. Um, it can definitely be a part of a whole within reason. And I'm still working on what do I put in front of that word? It's like when I thought of my definition of art. What is my definition of art? If I have one sentence, how can I define it? What am I including and excluding with keywords? What fits into that box for me and what stays outside? Now that I'm thinking about this phrase, aggressively challenging mediocrity, I thought it was a really strong phrase when I started this video and then I realized I don't want to aggressively challenge mediocrity even though it sounds really good it sounds strong and it sounds positive to me but it obviously has setbacks and I need to find another word that I feel more comfortable with and this conversation threw that at me so we'll see where that goes um, I'll see you on another time